on this week's episode of the Talking Bear Football Podcast, recorded October 18th, 2020. We check out what happened in the first round of the playoffs and preview the Bears' next opponent and much, much more. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Oh, Jim Mora. Matt, you know, throughout the years, we've, we've brought that up. I've heard Steven say it as well. That, that's never just heard never that going to go away. I've never heard that before. No? Steven? You'd never Playoffs. heard that before? Playoffs? I'm kidding. Jason Playoffs. says it every, every like four, week. four or five episodes every season. <laughs> yeah, you have to. It's, it's, it's just never going to go away, and it shouldn't. It's just classic. It's kind of like the Herm Edwards, right, Matt? You play to win the game. You play to win the game, and hopefully the Bears will do that next Friday like they did a couple Fridays ago. But we will get to that here on the Talking Bear Football Podcast. Right here on WestBranchFootball.com. Playoff round one is over. The The round of 53, I don't know what it, what, what it was, but week one of the playoffs is over. A little bit of recap and a few scores of interest. Uh, I'm sure Matt's got a few of them queued up right now, but... Now, of course, Mediapolis' score was of interest, and we all thought Mediapolis would, would win. And, well, not only did they win, they sort of dominated. 54-6 to six was the final there, putting up 47 points in the first period alone. The, the scoreboard operator was busy early, and then he wasn't busy much after that because the clock was running once the second quarter began. A dominating performance by Meepo, the Bulldogs put up on Friday night. Some other scores of interest, Matt, around the district. Yeah, the I mean there were three three district five teams all play and at play and they all or no not three all of us were at play but all they all seemed played. to be playing each other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh Beckman uh defeated Northeast Goose Lake twenty eight to six and Cascade. Bit of a surprising score here. I'm not surprised Cas well, I won't bear the lead. Cascade defeated Wilton fifty five to nothing. And I'm kind of surprised by that one. I didn't anticipate that big of a um, a blowout, so to speak. Seeing what Wilton, how they hung with Dyersville Beckman a couple of weeks ago, putting up 30 on them, you know, losing 42 to 30. I thought, well, you know what? It maybe maybe they they might uh, might pull a surprise, but unfortunately uh, for the Beavers, they did not, and their season ended in Cascade. Wow. 55 to 0. That puts them on, kind of puts them right out in front. Could, right out in front on the east side of the state of Iowa in Class 1A, wouldn't you think? The, the target is definitely there. Then if you look at the other scores around the district, Durant played on Thursday night. They moved that game. There was a, a death, uh, a teacher passed away, and they wanted everybody to be able to be there on Friday. So they played the game a little bit early uh, on Thursday night. And well, I think Nolan DeLong may still be running. Uh, <laughs> he had 325 yards rushing on like 14 carries, six touchdowns. Unreal. That's it? That was it. I mean, comparatively, he had about 19 yards a couple weeks before against West Branch. You talk about the tale of two cities. Wow. what A little bit of a per- nice performance there by one of the leading rushers in, in uh, Class 1A. Moving on to the second round for those games. Durant gets to play Dyersville Beckman. And if you recall, the week before West Branch, these two teams played, and it was a tight one in Dyersville. 24 to 17 was the final. And I think, Stephen, we talked about the, it was 24 to 17, a close game, but 
you look at the plays, the total plays, Beckman 72 to Durant only had 44 offensive plays. So that tells you Beckman's game plan was to control the ball, control the pace of play, and they did just that. Yeah, that's going to be uh, an interesting rematch that uh, I, I, we kind of talked about it last week. I'm just a little surprised that, you know, there's so many of these rematches and some of these matchups in these first two rounds that the state was saying we're going to avoid. And like we said, our district is basically beating up on each other all season long, and now we're going to beat each other up in the first two rounds of the playoffs so that, you know, maybe two of us, three of us can come through after these first two rounds. So uh, it should be an interesting matchup. I think um, it'll be fun to see how a lot of these start to shake out and, you know, like you said, it's the playoff season, so anything can happen. It, you never know, and and somebody can get on a run. It's it's kind of like the the UConn theory of Kemba Walker's senior year. They were an eight seed, or were they a six seed or eight seed, and won the NCAA tournament. They won the Big Ten tournament the, or Big East tournament the weekend before in five games, first team to ever do it, and then they ran the table in the NCAA tournament. You get hot at the right time, and right now is the right time to get hot. You just might do that, and I think Durant is going to be a sneaky, sneaky team if they get if they can get past Dyersville Beckman. Look out, because if they can get keep that run game going, guys, that's that's something where they can control the clock and be successful with it. Boy, I don't know. I just don't know. Could be tough. Could yep. be tough. So well, we'll we'll talk about the potential future in round three, or round yes. of sixteen opponents coming up. Well, before we talk about, in depth, the Minneapolis Bulldogs and the West Branch Bears playing and getting back to West Branch, oh, that sweet spot, the Little Rose Bowl. The Bears have only been there once this year. Let's hear from a sponsor, Main Street Suites. Main Street Suites is your hometown sandwich and ice cream shop. Located in the heart of downtown West Branch between Reed's Beans and Touch by Power, Main Street Suites offers great burgers, tenderloins, cheese balls, and more. And don't forget the ice cream. Main Street Suites, locally owned and operated by my wife Jessica and me, where we're always proud to support our hometown. Find us on the web at MainStreetSuitesWB.com. The Bears get a play. The Bulldogs of Minneapolis. Can anybody tell me how many times these teams have played previously? don't think any have they they have not this is it this is the maiden voyage in that in in that rivalry we'll call it a rivalry now because it's a playoff game and it's serious the bulldogs will travel to west branch the bears look forward looking forward wait 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 wait, wait, what we 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 have a place to play yeah i didn't think uh, that was possible was it well cubby park is available that week on friday so we're gonna go out to cubby park no it's gonna be I mean, help me out here. It's been so long since I've had to say it. Butch Peterson Field <laughs> at the Little Rose Bowl on Oliphant Street in historic downtown West Branch. How'd I do? Yeah, that that's a that's a short way to say it, but you you can also throw in the on the grounds of the West Branch Community School. On the grounds of hollowed grounds of West Branch Community School <laughs> yes. in East Central Iowa, in the Upper right. Midwest of Johnson the United County. States, of yeah. the Northern Hemisphere, of Earth, Third Earth. Rock from the Sun, of the Milky Way Galaxy. Yes, we're giving all these directional colloquialisms <laughs> just because we need to remember where we are and where we came from. Playoffs. Playoffs, Meepo, speaking of the playoffs in round one, we've already talked about them. 
54 to 6, they steamrolled their district opponent who district opponent Van Buren, who they beat earlier in the season, 41 to 6. So they improved upon their earlier score. Like I said, 47 points in the first period. The route was on quickly. Preview of this team. Well, they are sort of a, I would say, Stephen, they are sort of a Tipton clone to me when you yeah. watch them on film. I would say similar to a Tipton, but they'll do a little bit more um, in the passing game. But yeah, they do a lot of that, you know, direct snap, um, a lot of misdirection, counters. You're going to see the guards pulling all over the place. So it's going to be very similar to what we said in week one in terms of, hey, it's assignment football. You got to make sure that you're reading your keys, you're playing your gap, you're playing your lane. Don't let them get by you. Um, but then, you know, just like we've said with Tipton, you got to be worried because, you know, Regan Thornburg, almost 50% completion, you know, 117 yards per game. Their philosophy is ground and pound, but he's not afraid to step back and throw it. And so, um, yeah, this is going to be one of those games that I think one of the few times that we're not going to be grossly oversized on the, the offensive and defensive lines, but they do have a little bit of size, but these guys are also some tough sun guns down there too. So um, <laughs> it's not always the size like we've seen with this West Branch squad. It's going to be a uh, very blue collar lunch pail kind of game. You bet. Matt, I I know that uh, we we can look at the numbers, right? We, he mentioned Reagan Thornburg. We're going to talk a lot, I'm sure, about a, a young man, a sophomore, number six in their program, Anthony Isley. We're going to talk a lot about him. But they have, from the rushing standpoint, they come at you from different directions. They've got five different guys who carried the ball at least 20 times. How many people on West Branch do you think have carried the ball 20 times or more? One or two? Two. Two. They've got four guys. They've got four guys with over 206, 260 yards rushing or more. West Branch has two. They're going to come at you in different ways. They're going to try to, you know, they got a speed back. They've got power backs, shifting gears. Yeah, the, the rushing game is where they, you know, where they've won all, all of these games. Um, and, you know, just overall, like Steven said, the Bulldogs, they aren't terribly big. You know, kind of much like West Branch, um, but they they have speed and they have athleticism and they use that ability to win games. And it's in the ground game that they're doing that with. You know, they're averaging only thirteen attempts per game you know, throwing the ball, so they're they're not throwing it much. But you know, when Thornburg does throw it, you know, it it seems like we've said this a lot this year. This we've had these teams that don't throw it much, but when they do, it's going for a good good clip and. Thornburg's completion average is seven, almost 17 and a half yards per reception. So, you know, the Bears, you know, despite how much rushing that the Bulldogs do, the Bears defense is going to still have to not get caught expecting a run or anything like that because because they'll hit you. And and, you know, back to back to Thornburg, what Stephen was saying, you know, 50 percent, nearly a thousand yards during the season. Uh, but he has 16 touchdowns. 16 touchdowns averaging, you know, 13 attempts per game. That's a pretty good average. Um, and to just six interceptions as well. So, um, yeah, and he's throwing a lot to Logan. I think, is it Ty? Is that how you say it? I believe so, yes. I believe that's correct, yeah. yes. So six-foot senior, 180 pounds, and he's got 500 yards receiving on the season, good for 21 yards a catch. And he has nine 
touchdowns. Um, and so that's that's 63 yards a game. But from from a team that's throwing it 13 times a game, 63 yards a game is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on the ground, I, J- Jason, you meant Isley, sophomore, you know, almost 700 yards this season, 85 a game. And for a team that spreads it out um, on the ground um, and spreads it out, meaning not just with their plays, but who they're giving it to. You know, 85 a game and nine touchdowns on the season is pretty good. And so, yeah, and you're also looking at Caden Salick. Salick? Salick? I think it's Salick, actually. Salick, yeah. Yeah. Salick? It's kind of what I thought they were saying on Friday, Salick. Okay, yeah, number seven, he's a junior, and he's right up there as well. 450 yards, three touchdowns. Um, And then Josh uh, Darbyshire. Darbyshire? Yes, Man, I'm struggling with the names tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, 260 yards too. So, and then Thornburg, Thornburg runs it as well. So, they're you know why, watching. I watched their game against uh, Wapolo, and yeah, like Jason and Steven, you were saying, you know, kind of reminds you of Tipton. Um, they don't have a lot of that misdirection, spinning, you know, circus kind of stuff. They're just getting the ball and finding holes and finding ways to to make yards. You've been talking about the yards per completion and, and things, and I think we, if you look at the tail of the tape, I mean, uh, the one good thing I've learned about the new Varsity Bound, which is the old Quick Stats website, you can type Quick Stats and it becomes Varsity Bound, is it's got a tail of the tape. And when I looked at that earlier today, one thing I learned was this. They may have all these carries. The funny thing is West Branch has 239 carries, I wrote this down, compared to 258 rushes. Yardage-wise, you got 19 carries different. Minneapolis has 782 more rushing yards. So they're more, they're a little bit more efficient per carry. Seven yards per carry to four and a half yards per carry. Minneapolis has, has the advantage there. You mentioned their 17 yards completion. West Branch has 11 yards, of, uh, 11 yards per completion. Now West Branch is more efficient as far as completion percentage. But from an offensive yardage percentage, Minneapolis has put up more yardage. Now, what's well, perhaps we'll, you can chalk that up to a few things. Maybe West Branch's, maybe their schedule was a little bit more difficult. I don't. I'm not trying to put that out on a Bolton board. That's not what I'm trying to do here. But perhaps you know, they had a few more close games. I think you could say Stephen than than did maybe Meepo. But in that, you could say, well, Meepo took care of what they needed to take care of when. They they played in games, they got it over. They scored, and they did it early and often. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that, I mean, you look, I remember when we were um, getting ready for the West Liberty game, and first week of the season, West Liberty plays down at Meepo, and, you know, it was a back-and-forth game. Meepo was actually in control of that until there was a um, fumble that set West Liberty up with good field position, and then the ensuing kickoff after West Liberty scored was rolling around on the ground, West Liberty got it inside the 10. I mean, the Comets had to score twice in the last five minutes of that game to win by 10 points. And so, um, yeah, this is a Meepo team that they know how to do it. They know how to get it done. And two things that jump out at me, um, eight and one the last two regular seasons. They lost last year in the first round of the playoffs to Iowa City Regina before the Regals came to West Branch. And then uh, two years ago, they lost in the first round to Bellevue. Uh, after going eight and one in the regular season, and as long not long ago, 2012, they were actually in the state championship game. So they know how to do it down there and uh, take care of business. One other interesting thing when you look, 
Um, guess how many seniors are on this squad for Mediapolis? Oh, seven? Six. Okay. So I, not only are they getting it done, they're getting it done with a lot of young guys. I mean, there's a couple of freshmen and sophomore that are getting significant playing time. So they know how to do it down there. Um, one of those freshmen happens to be their kicker, Drew Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, Got to look at it real quick to make sure I get the number right. 16 touchbacks on kickoffs yeah. this year. Kid has a monster leg and he's a freshman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, that 2012 team, Stephen Mediapolis, Quarterback's name was Jesse Ertz. I remember him. He became a quarterback, two-way threat, two-way quarterback, or two, you know, run and pass quarterback at Kansas State. Yep. He hurt his knee in the semifinal game, blew his knee out. So they had to start a backup quarterback, and they were right in that game all the way through. Ertz also was a state champion individual in, I believe, two different events at state track meet. Speedster guy. So they yep. Meepo had speed for years, and now they're, Showing up with a lot of youngsters, huh? Yeah. You mentioned Josh Darbyshire earlier, Matt, and as I was listening to the game the other night, uh, it sounded as though he may have tweaked uh, hit uh, either a knee or an ankle, and he came out, and pre- at that point, the team was doing quite well, so he didn't really need to be on the field much more. So we're, I'm, I'm sure he'll be healed and ready to go. We wish the best for that guy, and because I know Meepo's going to put a quality, pro- quality program and probably product on the field. Now you mentioned two other guys. You mentioned Isley and you mentioned Thornburg, guys. On offense, what's flipped to the other side of the field? What jumps out you about them on the other side of the field, Matt? Well, Isley is the, the team's leading tackler. Yes. <laughs> and as a sophomore. A sophomore. Yeah. Leading rusher and leading tackler. The one that jumps out to me defensively, 24 sacks, 85 mm-hmm. and a half tackles for a loss. Yeah. Yeah, they're extremely opportunistic. They, they have are, seven interceptions as well. Yeah, they're very aggressive. They blitz. They do a lot of good stuff. Their running back and their quarterback, by the way, are their leaders in tackles for loss. How's that? That's they're, they're small school, two-way athletes. Yep. Yeah, the, the interesting thing is, you know, I've obviously I haven't watched every minute of every single one of their games, but just, you know, looking at stats – they have 13 fumble recoveries. Now, I'm not sure how many of those are defensive uh, fumble recoveries, but nonetheless, um, if they're forcing a lot of fumbles on defense, as is prone to happen if you're getting in the backfield a lot and kind of disrupting that stuff or getting back there and forcing bad throws from quarterbacks, that kind of thing, and all the sacks, of course. And and that that that's going to be a key here is is West Branch's uh, line being able to to block and sustain and, and give Gavin time to throw. Um, and then on the West Branch defensive side, just do that same thing that Meepo has been doing. Just do or that. Or heck, do that, <laughs> do that same thing that West Branch has been doing for the last seven weeks. Uh, you know, that works too. Yeah. And of those 13 fumble recoveries, they've got 11 guys with at least one. One guy has three. Ten guys have one, so that basically means you look at it. That's eleven guys. So every guy you on get the a defense recovery. have one. You get a fumble. If you have one, you, get, a you get one. That is uh, that is being around the ball. That that's being in the right place. Opportunistic. But I think I don't know there much more to add about this team. I think I like Stephen the way you brought together some of their history, the success that they've had through the years. I enjoyed listening to their play by play the other night. The gentleman did very good. 
They're very proud of their program, as well they should be, just like we're very proud of the West Branch football program. Two very storied programs, two very good 1A football teams, and they're going to play on Friday night in the round of 32 Class 1A Iowa high school playoffs. I can't wait. It's going to be a good battle. Playoffs? I'm excited. Playoffs? (laughs) Yeah, I'm just excited to get back to the Little Rose Bowl and, you know, excited for a fun and exciting game as well. And after all this buildup of this game, it would be remiss if we didn't hear from our sponsor, Hodge Construction. Hodge Construction is a leader in developing commercial and academic spaces, multifamily condos, townhomes, and more. Hodge Construction began in Iowa City in 1981, focusing on residential construction. Through positive relationships and quality projects, Hodge has continued to grow and expand its project diversity over the past nearly 40 years. At Hodge, clients aren't customers, they're partners. Picks to click. Oh, it's nice to be able to pick these things. It's the playoffs. Playoffs. I tell you what, bye week just destroyed us last week. None of our guys got any stats. What the heck? I picked the little Rose Bowl uh, uh, grounds crew. It was looking and I good. Think they did pretty well. Yeah, it was looking good when we were there Thursday. Yes. So, looks like Steven's back on the top, and we're in the playoffs. We're in the postseason. Everybody's available. Everybody's fair game again, huh? Yes. Oh, man. So gum. Different directions to go with this. Um, I think I'm going to go with Fetty. I think it's going to be one of those games that defensively he's going to have to be all over the place and making some big stops and uh, could possibly be a big night for special teams. Um, obviously, they've got a great kicking game, so hopefully we can match that with Fed and maybe get him that school record with another field goal. And maybe, you know, that's a field goal that pushes the lead to like six touchdowns. So we're comfortable at the time, but I don't anticipate that being the case because this is going to be a good matchup. Yeah. I would, I would like to say that's about as good as pick as any, because you can use it because with what he does on, you know, he blocks on the offensive line along with his other four skill position playmates, uh, teammates up front there. And then his linebacker play has been stellar this year. He's been pretty, he's been the heart and soul, I think, of that West Branch defensive, you know, that that back back three or four, seven, eight. He's the heart and soul. And then, of course, special teams has been, I mean, the value you place on a kicker is, I don't, I mean, how many teams have a guy who, you know, has four field goals this year? Not many. And one A. Here's the thing. I always, um, I mean, I geek out a little bit by stats, in case you guys didn't know. So I take the stuff that Quick Stats puts out, or Varsity Bound, whatever it is now, and I kind of expand on it. So I always take and figure out, they put total yards for kickoffs, and then the number of kickoffs. So I figure out what the average is. And so I mentioned, you know, Drew Miller for Meepo, and he's 16 touchbacks. He's averaging the five-yard line, actually just inside the five-yard line. I don't have my West Branch stuff up, but I'm almost positive that Fed, even with a couple of onside kicks, is sitting at probably about the eight-yard line. So even though he's not getting the touchbacks, because I think he's got one this year, he's still getting that depth, but he's also getting the hang time on it, allowing our coverage team to get down there. So 
it's just some of those little things, those uh, you know, intangibles that don't necessarily show up in the highlights or in the box score, but make a huge difference in how a game goes. Okay. Well, I when you're going against a team that is so I get I is the word dynamic work here? Uh with so many elements of a run game, so many directions that they come at you, so many different people. I would love to just say, well, we know the front seven is going to play is, is the pick to click for West branch on defense. If they have a great game, obviously we're going to, but I, obviously I need to type that down, cut that down to maybe one guy. And who's the guy in the middle starting all over. I'm going to pick that guy. I picked him a few weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I'm going to pick him again this week. That's Jack Buell. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Matthew, you're up. I believe, uh, yeah, you're the only one left. Hang on now. Wait, wait, wait. There's three of us. Two of us have picked. But do we have a place to play in West Branch? Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm taking Carver Belk. Um, I really like what he's been doing. Um, not only defensively, but also on the offense. Um, you know, it, it seems like he and Gavin are developing a really good trust with one another. Uh, you know, the chemistry is, you know, the old cliche chemistries. Um, I just, yeah, I like what he's been doing. He's a good threat. Um, you know, obviously not the biggest kid in the world, but very quick, good hands, very smart. Um, yeah, I think Carver Belk is, is going to be a big key to, to, the this team's success in the postseason. Okay. I like it. And if they do well, that means West Branch does well. And we all and if West Branch clicks, we all click, right? That that's that's yep. the key here. I don't care if it's fifty four to six or nineteen eighteen. I'd love to see a West Branch win. All right, Jason. You have three minutes. Give us some additional <laughs> playoff discussion. What? Only oh, three Steven, minutes. Steven, you know you three want to minutes. get involved in this. It's late. I got to get this thing edited. Yeah, let me pick Three up. minutes. Well, let me pull up the state's website real quick so I have the games. Not like I probably couldn't recite them from the top of my head. I'm pretty but sure you could. I, I because, You know, I haven't been sending you emails or anything. Okay, deep breath here. Class 1A in depth. Here we go. You got 16 pods left. Obviously, that's going to get cut down to eight. When you play 16 games, 16 teams are going to lose. It's going to cut it down. 16 teams are going to be left. It's not going to be a half, eight on the eastern half and eight on the western half. You're going to see a lot of teams from that Des Moines to Sioux City area or you know, around Sioux City are going to be around, I think, when we're done. A lot of these games match up, maybe some of them a little bit less evenly than we're looking at Meepo and West Branch, guys. I mean, I look at Siblio Cheetah and West Sioux and Pod 1. West Sioux. Emmitsburg probably out of two. I could go all 16, but let's not do that. When it's all said and done, the winner of West Branch, I feel, is probably going to be in a pod. Here's how I see it. West Branch's winner is going to be in a pod of four teams with the Denver Cascade winner on Friday night, the Beckman and Durant winner on Friday night. Now, the fourth one is where I think it gets a little bit itchy, sketchy. I think Columbus Catholic is going to beat Osage on Friday. Waterloo Columbus Catholic. And Waterloo is pretty close to Dyersville and Cascade, if memory serves. It's probably within an hour. Does that sound about right? Pretty close, yeah. 
pretty close. So it's going to be pretty tough when the closest team to the west of them that's probably going to be left available is an 85 to a 120-mile drive to not have Waterloo-Columbus play one of Dyersville or Cascade, who I feel both, you know, Dyersville or Durant will win. So here's how I think it shakes out. I think you'll see West Branch or Meepo, the winner of that game, playing the winner of Durant and Dyersville-Beckman in the next round. I'm not the state, not going to claim to be it, but I have a feeling that geography is going to play a big role. And you look at geography and who's going to be left, Stephen or Matt chime in here. I think that it, it, it could become clear as mud, obviously, by 1030 on Friday night. But just looking at what's out there, uh, you've got Cascade, who I feel is going to win, either Dyersville, Beckman, or Durant, and then Waterloo Catholic, Columbus Catholic is going to win. And the only other team on the east side of the state for West Branch or Meepo is Sigourney Kyoto. And they're closer more, I think, to a Van Meter or a Pella Christian or a Mount Air or a Panora, Panorama. But I think I think we're on to something here with West Branch going to stay around their district mates in the next round if they were to win. How do you feel? Makes sense to me. Um I've never been good at this game because, you know, there's so many different variables. <laughs> exactly. And as we've seen over the years, the state has their own ideas and things come together for them differently than what a lot of us think. But right. um, I'll be curious to see. I mean, there's not as much. I mean, you don't have the RPI, so you don't really have as much of the quote unquote competitive balance that you're looking at. So are they going to look more at geography? Or are they somewhat seeding this t- these teams in their exactly. head and saying, okay, you know, Battle Creek Ida Grove is number one and then two and three and four. So let's see how we can try to match them up accordingly. But, you know, if you're looking straight geography, I want to redo on a couple of years ago when we had to go to Osage in round one and Van Meter in round two. <laughs> I think Jerry's still filling up the uh, Bearcast Mobile with gas from those two trips. But <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I mean, when you just look at all the teams that are left, guys, I I, I want to say it's going to make sense that it's going to be a drag that I don't feel West Branch is going to be driving, you know, very West Branch or Meepo are going to be driving very far in the next round. So I just look forward to it all coming, coming to fruition on Friday night, uh, six days away. And man, it, it just seems like forever since we played a football game, it, you have one week off. I mean, the kids get to relax, to not relax, but to get to, you know, get healthy. Not have that Friday night pound, pound, pound uh, on their bodies. Uh, so that's the positive. So getting back in the flow and getting back at West Branch. And how are they going to react, guys, to playing in front of a home crowd again? To hearing the majority of the people at the game when they do something well, cheer for them. Is wearing, gonna... you know, something other than their white uniforms. Yeah, that's that's... That's the next thing. So we'll get to see it in about six days. I'm excited. I know you guys are too. And we're excited to be able to talk to you about it here. And we wouldn't be able to do it without all of our wonderful sponsors. And Matt, how about we read those right now? Yeah. uh, Big thanks to Barnhart Custom Services, Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants, Corridor Drywall, EMS Detergent Services, Fidelity Bank and Trust, Full Water Insurance Agency, Hodge Construction, the Hoover Presidential Foundation, 
Liberty Communications, someplace called Main Street Suites, Marcy Willier with Urban Acres Real Estate, Touched by Power, and the West Branch Times. If you want to hear about West Branch football, if you can't make it to the game, and if you are making it to the game and you want to hear things behind the scenes, you want to hear or read things that we're putting out or any content having to do with West Branch football, it's all out there on this thing called the Internet. And Stephen? Internet? You're, yeah, you're a little <laughs> bit better, more acquainted with that than I am, so help me out. Where on this Internet can you catch up with West Branch football? There's a place called Twitter, and you can just go follow at WB Bears football. There's this other thing called Instagram. You can follow at WB Bears football. There's a thing called Facebook. You can search West Branch football. Go like it. Get a lot of great information there. Um, YouTube, we've got a channel there with all the highlights and videos and everything else. Um, Of course, just go to westbranch.football, and Matt always has links to everything there. And uh, if you enjoy this podcast, if this is your first time tuning into it, well, first off, what's wrong with you? Why haven't you? This is like, we're almost to 100 episodes, so (laughs) what's been taking you so long? But if you don't want to miss when we do get to episode number 100, you can subscribe, follow us, go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or I'm sure there's other people out there that are a lot more technologically savvy than I am and uh, are able to find something besides those two, but those are the ones that I know. But just Google podcasts, Google podcasts, yeah. I mean, all kinds of stuff out there. So, see, there's more to it than what I know. It's all on the line. (laughs) It's all uh, just search up uh, Talking Bear Football, and uh, you can find the Talking Bear Football podcast. Follow it, subscribe to it, get updates as soon as it's ready. Um, Matt, you know, he claims it takes him a lot of work. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it takes like five (laughs) minutes just throw all this together and make it child's play. I have to make us sound decent. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so in you other know, words you just cut me and jason out all the time <laughs> yeah well done you know matt at this point you know in previous years i'd be saying it's playoff time you know what we need to do we need to turn it up turn up the volume it's a Vici, baby but you know when we're on youtube now we could get a youtube strike if we play music <laughs> if we if we were to play that song i mean we could all just hum it yeah or I could play it in the background. That would still be a strike. Yep. But let's not they'll, hum they'll it. They'll catch you. Yeah. Just see it in your just hear it in your minds because on Friday night at kickoff time, baby, it's gonna be flying. It's gonna be loud. It's gonna be proud. The crowd's gonna be on their feet from both sides. I'm sure the PA announcer will tell them, get on your feet. It's kickoff time, baby. It's the class one A playoffs, and we've been talking all about that. And we've been excited to hear about it from all around and reading in papers and hearing from Matt and Steven. And uh, maybe me on the Talking Bear Football podcast right here on Westbranch.football. Take us home, Stephen. Take care, everyone. <laughs>